0: This is a Cincy Fan Talking with L.P. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy Fan Talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore Fantalk at Yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows, you might find yourself as part of the show any feedback would be definitely appreciated and also make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my twitter make sure you click on that you can find all the different ways to contact me there enjoy the show what's up what's up what's up what's going on everybody out there in the podcast world welcome to another episode of a sissy fan talking with alp and of course this is yours truly alp hanging out with you on a tuesday night well it's tuesday night for me i don't know when you're gonna get this but it's tuesday night for me so hope everybody doing good hope everybody being safe you know doing your thing getting your paper or whatever it is you're out here doing (laughs) hope you're doing it safely um we're gonna get into a a little bit of education talk um you know as always we don't keep it 100 percent sports around here (laughs) but we are gonna jump into some sports i'm gonna talk a little bit of basketball um it is basketball but it, it is more about it's more about coaches and coaching and i don't know if it's over pumping up the coaches or not appreciating them, we'll get into it. Um, but before before we move um, a little further, um, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. Um, life cut short way too soon, and I mean, you know, Buckeye Nation, we're we hurting it it, 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 it sucks, you know, but it's, it's, it's deeper than sports, you know, you got somebody out here trying to trying to live life, right. You know, getting a, getting another start on life and, you know, it it just hurts to lose people so young, you know, it, it it sucks. So, you know, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins, um, lift up his entire family in prayer, you know, and, you know, um, shout out to Buckeye nation. I mean, keep the thousand prayers going because, you know, the fam need them. So appreciate that. Um, Moving on, I mean, it's it's difficult to move on, but I figured I'd say that first, you know, just kind of put that out there. Um, I'm, I'm watching the play-in tournament game right now. i watching Brooklyn. They up like nine against the Cavaliers, and this is really when I start watching the NBA. Everybody get hyped up about opening night. Um, I mean... That's cool, you know, they're getting back into it. And the, the season is just such a grind, like 82 games. You know what? I really, really, really enjoy it. I was in college when this happened. When the NBA went on strike and they came back and then they had to play like 56 games or 50 games or something like that, that was excellent. That's the perfect amount of games for the NBA. I mean, it's, it's just so many games. It, it's hard for me to... To stay focused on a team for 82 games, y- y'all asking a lot, <laughs> and you know, the players aren't gonna give they aren't gonna give their all for 82 games. I mean, they're gonna need some rest. Their bodies break down, and you know, you're waiting for the playoffs anyway. So, th- this kind of my time. I-, I watch. I mess with playoff basketball. A lot of people say, no, nah, col- college is better. College hoop. They just care about the game more." regular season college hoops i i would say is equal to nba regular season but no no basketball sport in the world is holding a candle to the nba playoffs i mean you got the best of the best going hard in like a seven game series loser going home i mean march madness is is excellent for what it is you know but after the first two rounds, everything else pretty much chalked for real. <laughs> I mean, NBA playoffs—you got the best of the best going hard. I mean, I, I don't see how people can say the college game is better than the pro game, especially when you talk about the playoffs. That's just crazy. But Frank Vogel got fired. <laughs> he got fired from the Lakers, and I'm I, I'm not I'm not a go Lakers guy. I'm not. I, I've never been that guy I mean I think the last time I went super hard for the Lakers I, I was like a small fry and magic was doing his game, his thing against bird and all uh, my people's all my uncles and aunts around me was like go go Lakers so I'm like go Lakers. <laughs> I mean I, I'm a love I'm a love man back then but I mean I I I'm not like a super big Lakers fan but you know whoever whatever team LeBron is on we paying attention to I mean its that that that's just real. If LeBron on the squad, all eyes are focused on that team, and I feel like they did Frank Vogel dirty for real. I mean, it's it's always been this saying, and and it's always I've always looked at it like it was kind of dumb. Players win games, coaches lose games. That's that's just that's ridiculous to me because. If the coach had that much sway over the entire outcome of the game, most teams would do a whole lot better because the coach would be able to implement their whole thing and then the players execute it. But rarely do NBA players run exactly what the coach say, unless it's like an in-game situation. I, I mean, for me, it's like this. It's like Frank Vogel didn't put those players together on that team. I mean, I mean, he didn't really have as much input as you would like. And on top of that, he just he just won a championship like two years ago. People will say, oh, it was a bubble championship. You know how hard it was to play all of those games in that bubble? No family, no friends, no fans, empty arenas. I mean, that's hard. It is weird and it's difficult to do. I put on the pod a couple of years ago. Whoever won the championship in the bubble, They deserve it. I'm not about to put an asterisk on it or nothing. Uh, A championship is a championship. And Vogel did that. So I fail to understand how a coach that does so well two short years ago, all of a sudden has fallen off so much that now you got to get fired. And the Lakers didn't do well. I mean, they didn't even make the play-in tournament. So, that, that's a sucky year in and of itself. I mean, I don't think the playing tournament should exist, <laughs> to be quite honest. I mean, you get eight spots in the playoffs, right? You extending it to 10, and then you making the seven seed play that. Nah. I mean, you got eight spots. <laughs> if you can't get spots one through eight, why are we still playing? Like, <laughs> what's the point? But you got Frank Vogel getting terminated, and he really got terminated because of the moves that the front office made like let's let's be real for a second let's be real. one of my favorite players is Russell Westbrook that that's that that's the homie right there. I, I like his game I like his style I like the way he can get to the hoop. I like how he includes everybody in the game putting up triple doubles at a record pace but he real life the man. I'm not counting on Russell Westbrook to spread the court out. With his shot, that's not what Russell does. That's not his game. He's a penetrator. Like he can, he can score. You know, people will say he's a shooter. He's a scorer. Russ, Westbrook is a scorer. He's not a shooter. LeBron's game, for years and years and years, and it's worked so well. It's it's not a simple game, but it's a game where you need players that can shoot because LeBron can spread the court out get to the bucket, kick out, boom. And if you look at the best of the best, if you look at the Jordans, if you look at the, the Magic Johnsons, their skill set was so much better when they had shooters around them. I mean, think about the Bulls. Think about the shooters that the Bulls had around them. Steve Kerr, BJ Armstrong, Craig Hodges, John Paxson. I mean, they had shooters and they could surround the court with those shooters. Jordan could penetrate, Pippen could penetrate, kick out, boom. That's what LeBron James does. But when you look around his team, they don't have those shooters that can do that. I mean, look at James' teams in Miami Ray Allen, Mike Miller. I mean, Lionel Chalmers was giving out buckets. These are shooters. They play defense. They're not the people that you necessarily remember, except for Ray Allen. But when you look at the team, the way it's constructed, it's constructed perfectly. There cannot be a team with five or six superstars. That usually doesn't work. You may have two, three at the most, but you need those guys who have a role. My role is to shoot. My role is to play defense. My role is to come off the bench. And give buckets while the starters are sitting down. Russell Westbrook, his role basically should have been, look, I make the engine go. Like, I I make this whole thing run. LeBron can take over whenever he wants because that's his thing. But I'm the little engine that could. I'm that guy that's going to get everybody in the spots. I'm going to spread everything out and kick the ball out to the people that need the three. That didn't happen. There were so many people on the team that played the exact same way. And you got somebody like Frank Vogel. He can work with that, but it's not optimal. It's not going to get you past the first round. I don't understand how this is Frank Vogel's fault. It's one of those things where I feel like the coach is the easiest thing to change. (laughs) You can change the coach. No problem. Just, Just go ahead. Let that coach go. Get a new coach. Simple. But a new coach alone won't fix the problem. That's why I say that whole phrase, players win games, coaches lose games. Vogel isn't losing these games. It's not on him. And when you look at a lot of the coaches that get fired or terminated, what happens is they get a short amount of time to fix a big problem. And they're kind of set up for failure. It, it, it would be like if I'm driving an 18-wheel truck and I find out I'm going the wrong way. It's not like I'm in a small car and I can just hit reverse and then spin around and, you know, do my thing. I got to do a lot of work to get that whole truck around. And the people behind me can do one of two things. They can complain and piss and moan and hit the horn or try to go around and make it even worse or... They can wait. (laughs) They can simply hit their brakes, wait, maybe even back up a little bit to give me room. And then once I get around, it's all good. They can do their thing. Everybody's moving about their day. That's what I see a coaching job is like, especially in the NBA. You should get enough time to get your players in to run your system. NBA, college, stuff like that. Because how fair is it? If you're the coach of a team and you're like, here's what I'm giving you and you're looking like that's not even my style. I mean, when I'm coaching, I'm I'm a lot more of a defensive coach than an offensive coach like me, myself. I'm I'm pressing the entire game <laughs> like the whole game. My team is in press mode. We run it. We run running a one three one. We run running a two, two one all types of presses like I, I get ignorant with the presses. That's kind of my thing. But if you give me a squad and they don't move fast, (laughs) like they run slow, they get tired quickly, I can coach them up because that's my job. But I would also like to be able to bring in people that I know play the way I want them to play. And if you're not giving me that flexibility, how am I getting blamed for the team not doing well? I'm pretty sure Frank Vogel's running around saying that to people. When you look at the team that won for the Lakers, the championship team, you saw, you know, James, you saw Anthony Davis. But you look around a little bit further, you see a guy like Rajon Rondo who can run the team, who's vocal who can put everybody in their spots. You got an Alex Caruso. You got a shooter like that. I mean, they had shooters that could spread the ball around. Boom, boom, boom. It's all good. And they had people that would be like, look, here is your role. Here is what you do. Because we can say the coach runs the team. The coach is supposed to do that. But being a coach is like being a parent, right? (laughs) Like it really is. I can tell my kids everything that they need to do. I can tell them the situations that you need to look out for. If you're out with so-and-so, you don't want to do this. Make sure when you're, you know, in the passenger seat of a car, the other person, you know, the driver is not drunk, you know, not even buzz, none of that. You can tell all your kids everything you need them to do. You can get them prepared for every situation, but once they leave the house, it's on them to listen to what you said you lose control the second they step in that situation and if you i won't even say if you coach well because it's really on them at that point that's basically what it is as a coach you can't be on the floor with them (laughs) you can't make them run the plays, and then on top of that there's a A whole other team (laughs) who who has a design to basically stop you from running your stuff. Now, I'm not saying coaching is useless. That would be ridiculous. I mean, the coach has a large function over a lot of different things. But at the same time, can we really say that coaches lose games and players don't lose games? I mean, I've seen coaches win games because they were able to call the right play and put their players in the right position. And the players executed well. I've seen players lose games where everything ran exactly the way it was supposed to run. And the ball just doesn't go in the hole. <laughs> There's really nothing you can do about that. So everybody has to play their part. The coach has to play his part or her part. You know, <laughs> everybody has to do their job. And I just find it hard to believe that the Lakers had this crazy circus-like atmosphere for the entire year, and it's the coach's fault. And we were talking about grown men here. Like, really? (laughs) Seriously? It's all on the coach? And then we change up coaches and it's going to get better? It'll get better for the Lakers. They have too much talent not to get better. But you'll notice that with the coach leaving, you'll notice other players leaving. And I just think that Vogel should have got the chance to run the team without the elements that were distracting it this year. I, I think that would have been fair, and I think he deserved that because of what he did with the Lakers the past couple of years. I really think he deserved that. I I just think he he got did kind of dirty, <laughs> me myself, but hey, that that's that's just how I feel. Um. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the playoffs with these other teams, though, because you got a team like the Cavs. They're not a bad team. They're pretty decent, but they're young. If they can't get this win tonight, then they're going to be playing Miami. And then you'll have, well, they'll play Miami if they win the next game. This play-in game stuff is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> we playing all these games to set the 7th and the 8th seeds. Like, really? It, it, this this is a lot. <laughs> Let's just get the real play started, man. Let's just get it going. Hey, you got a Sensi fan with LP? We'll be right back. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess. And I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Sensi fan talking with LP. And this is a Scentsy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. What's up y'all Welcome back to a Scentsy fan Talking with LP and of course this is LP appreciate y'all sticking and Staying Been trying to avoid The political ads that are just Running through Ohio You know we got the primary popping up pretty soon and that whole thing is weird because instead of one we're gonna have two separate primaries based on the fact that the politicians can't get the whole redistricting maps together and it is it's just wild out here in Ohio nowadays it really is and these ads are just running continuously like back to back to back and all of them are just gross. Like like they really are. And, you know, most of the time I just pretty much tell you like these Republican ads are ridiculous. You know, it's just all the fear mongering they bring up. But I mean, the, the democratic ads aren't much better. You got this one guy, I think the first eight words were like China, China, China. And I'm like, dude you don't you don't really sound better than the republicans running out here. it's it's, it's just ridiculous and <laughs> i'm just to the point where let's just get the vote over with so we can stop seeing these at least for a little bit because they just all seem so slimy like just just tell us what you do and why you think you'd be the best fit i don't need to hear you say you pro guns and pro trump and I don't need you to say how much you hate China. Like, relax. What What can you do for us to make our lives a little bit better? And honestly speaking, from hey, I just keep it real with you from a black man's perspective, from a black people perspective, probably not much. <laughs> I'm just keeping it a buck with y'all. But I mean, at least let us in on what you're doing. Like, I I very rarely hear. Republicans or Democrats just straight up say, I'm so and so. Here's what I'm gonna do when I get into office. I I very rarely hear that. Most of the time it'll be, hey, I'm so and so. I I believe in faith. I believe in family. And dude, chill out. This is not a dating profile. Like like I don't I don't really I don't really need to know you as intimately as you think I do. Like, in order for me to vote for you, I just need to know where you stand on issues. That's it. I don't need you to invite me to drink a beer with you and none of that. Like, chill out. (laughs) I'm just being honest, man. I just feel like they they want us to know everything about them except what we want to know about them. Like, they just kind of keeping that a secret until we vote for them. Then we find out that they're not doing much. Like, we kind of figured that. (laughs) But... Now you got this bill popping up here in Ohio, which is the equivalent to the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida, and I was about to lose my stuff because I'm like, I know they don't expect us to be in class and not actually teach what's happening or what happened. Like, is that what we are doing? Like, you really don't want us to teach about what happened? And I'm reading the bill, and I'm getting more and more heated, and then I just really sat down and thought about it. Like, This won't affect me as much as I think it would or as much as people would think it does. Now, in other districts in Ohio and in America, this will be something that's momentous. It'll be like, wow, I really got to change what I do. But just to be just to be super honest with y'all. In urban districts and rural districts and stuff like that there's not enough attention being paid to us in the first place. So it's like, we're already losing funding. We're, we're not getting the support that we need. I mean, just take the pandemic. Everything pretty much got pushed to virtual learning. And you would think that there would be a push to, I don't know, Make sure that all districts have access to Wi-Fi systems or Wi-Fi points around their neighborhoods or, I don't know, upgrade equipment around in the urban districts because you know a lot of the stuff is falling apart. To make sure that everybody has a Chromebook to take home. Something like that. Stuff like that doesn't happen. We're left to pretty much fend for ourselves. So when I see stuff like this popping up I go like you know it would affect me but at the same time there have been so many changes that districts that I work in don't benefit from it just doesn't happen and you can you can continue to see this great divide between the haves and the have-nots the suburban versus the urban I mean, that's just how it's been in education. I mean, the funding is jacked up. You're basically doing it off of property tax dollars and things like that. And if you're in an urban district, a lot of people there rent. So where's the funding coming from? Whereas you got somebody in a suburban district. There's a lot of homeowners, you know, those tax levies, those levy mills, they pass through easy. And it's just one of those things to where the educational system in America is just so flawed. You know, depending on where you live and where you go to school, you could either have a really big leg up or you don't. So bills like these. They're important because of this very important caveat. This is what makes these bills so important. everybody needs to know what happened (laughs) not just in america but in the world because if you don't know what happened there's a very good chance that it could happen again i mean things like racism segregation slavery civil rights and not just for black folks i mean civil rights for all folks um civil rights for lgbtqa plus i think i forgot the t but y'all know what i mean um civil rights needs to be discussed in classroom environments if you can't talk about this stuff in school then that's the message saying that nobody wants to talk about it school is the place to talk about ideas and theories and to discuss what happened <laughs> there's no need to wipe away what happened and by talking about what happened it doesn't it doesn't make another race feel bad and i've taught pretty much all races in the same room when we have these conversations nobody's feeling like somebody's coming for them because it's the teacher's job to say hey we're talking about history, we're talking about what happened so we can prevent it. So nobody's feeling some type of way about it. It doesn't really work that way. Plus I teach math, so if we're having these discussions, we're talking about numbers. But what, what the threat is, is the threat of ideas being taken away. The easiest way to make a, a system or an entire population kind of forget about what happened is to take away the history just don't discuss the history that's the easiest way to kind of i won't really say whitewash i would say kind of erase what happened that that's kind of how i feel about it but there's no way it can go away like it's there it happened and kids need to discuss these things I mean, just being honest, none of this stuff came up until it was time to vote, <laughs> until one party needs that push so they can kind of get their people back in. And I don't see how education can be politicized. I, I, I do not understand that. It makes no sense to me. You need a solid education, no matter what color, no matter what gender, gender no matter what affiliation you may be politically education takes you a long way in america a very long way we fought for the right to simply be educated the same way that everybody else is like we fought for that right and now it seems like we want to have people forget what that fight was about under the guise of we want to protect our kids If you really want to protect your kids, you want to make sure that they learn everything that they need to learn and they know everything that, you know, (laughs) and school is the best place to do that. I mean, it it sounds kind of weird, but what other place is like a school where especially a school where you have a lot of different types of people? That's a place where you can really talk about, hey, I feel like this. Hey, this happened to me. Hey, that happened to you. Wow. I remember reading this book in our class where and that's how ideas flow. And more and more and more, I just feel like we're getting away from that. I feel like we're getting away from that on purpose. I feel like there are a lot of people out there that kind of want us split away from each other. So they can kind of get what they need from that and it's really on us to i mean i just remember being able to have conversations with people that didn't think the way i thought like i used to realize just have conversations like dude what what makes you think that that's cool like that's a that's a weird way to think and then they would be like no like this is why i think like that and why? Why are you think like that? What are you talking about? And we would just kind of go back and forth. Now, you're not changing anybody's minds. People are going to believe what they believe, but at least they understand where you are coming from. And and we don't have that now. That's really not happening, especially on places like Twitter, where, oh, oh my God! <laughs> I, I'll get into that another time. Um, the, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's like the political ads times 75 I uh, feel like I gotta I gotta wash my I to wash my face off just just thinking about it just made me feel icky Like, but all in all like let's try to protect our educational systems I mean let's do the best we can to vote people in that at least want people to express how they feel and who they are in a school building I mean cuz if you can't be yourself how can you teach? I mean if there's somebody who may be gay or trans or something like that and that's who they are how can they how can they hide that? Like I would I would feel not like myself if I had to go into a place and I had to hide the fact that I was black. I had to be like, well, I can't say black, so I'm just a person teaching you. I would will, I will feel like trash the entire day. I, there's no way I could teach like that. So somebody that's gay that really couldn't express who they are, that would that would really, really suck. I mean, I, and I don't see how that's like indoctrinating people into it. I mean, that's just who they are. Like That would be like me being black. And going like, okay, I'm black. Yeah, that's me. And then I try to make every white kid in class be black. <laughs> like it makes absolutely no sense. Like <laughs> that's that's dumb. Like I'm who I am. They're who they're who they are. And together we make a classroom. And we sit in that class and we learn and we bounce ideas off each other and we talk, we laugh a little bit, because it's school and you can't work the entire time, even though I know a lot of people expect that. That's just unrealistic. And you make a community inside of that classroom. So by the end of the class, you know, people are sad to leave. They're like, hey, we we're gotta. we not going to be in this class next year. That's how a class should be. It shouldn't be a place where I'm afraid to say this because somebody's parents are going to get upset. Or a kid said this and he was just asking the question because he wanted to know the answer. So we can't answer that question because we can't talk about that. That's that's not a school that that's not a school at all that's one of those crazy books that you read where they're trying to suck all the knowledge out of you so they can put some more knowledge in that's what that is and who wants to be in a place like that hey um we we out of time for this week (laughs) um try to avoid the political ads if you can and we're gonna go ahead and chop it up again next week we'll have new topics and you know we'll do what we do as always y'all life is good hey enjoy yourself this week catch you next week happy easter and all that peace out if you're not ready for the conversation to end i'm not either Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's a Sensi Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.